Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Saint podcast. I am Tyler Herbert alongside Nate Moss, who is new to the show. Uh, he gives us a little bit more of a national perspective on things. And uh, what better time to have him on than with the hiring of Mel Tucker to Michigan State University, um, formerly of the Colorado Buffaloes, anyways. Uh, finished last season with a 5-7 and seven record. I believe Jeremy will be joining us shortly if he is not with us. He is, but look, I, I've had mixed feelings about this uh, Tucker hiring. Nate, you, on the other hand, you're pretty high on it for Michigan State. Yeah, as, as a Michigan fan, I, I hate it. Uh, I don't hate it as much as I would have hated Luke Fickle, but um, I was really hoping for a Butch Jones or Brad Bielema. Look, uh, Mel Tucker is a mastermind as far as calling plays defensively. He's he hadn't he didn't. I mean, he only had one year as a head coach at Colorado. Didn't have a chance to recruit and gave and brought them to the same record as the coach that had been there for five years beforehand. Uh, and had. Inherited probably. I don't care what anybody says about Jerry Judy or or many of the LSU dudes. They're all the same. Uh, Lavisca Chenault was the best receiver in college football last year, and he used him well as a defensive guy. Um, I don't know what he's bringing as far as coordinators go, but this this seems like a home run, um, given the way the MSU coaching search has gone to this point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that was ultimately one of my biggest problems with it is the coaching search, the way that was handled by the board of trustees, the way that was handled by Bill Beekman, the athletic director at Michigan State. Those situations, the, the way that it went down up until today, Mel Tucker was an absolutely uh, phenomenal hire. And that's why I'm excited about it. I'm not excited because ultimately he was the plan B guy. Let's uh, – check out the other side of the spectrum i believe jeremy is with us right now and uh jeremy uh in regards to michigan state you're not fond of the hire yeah do you want me to be like all the spartan fans or do you want me to be a normal human being um if you want me to be a normal human being who has a brain uh i'll just say it uh factually i mean let's just be honest it wasn't the guy they really wanted it right. also is a good coach. It's a good coach. I mean, everything Nate just said is absolutely true. I mean, I think he's proven himself. He's been around for a while. He's been a good defensive coach. Something that this program really needs right now is a guy with a defensive mind, considering how bad they've been recently. Um, look, it's just – it's a C for me. It's a C because, look, we don't know how good he's really going to be. I think the best thing that Michigan State people could really do is say, this may take time. This may take time, and we can't sit here and think it's going to go back to 2013 now. It's going to take a few years. It may take three or four years. I mean, if you really uh, – Michigan State loves to compare themselves or go against Michigan. Let's be honest. Jim Harbaugh has had a hard time winning for five years now. They've won a lot of games, but they haven't won the big one, right? And he's had a lot of really really good recruits. So this is a tough conference. People think – that he could, he may come in and do well. This is a very good conference. The Big Ten is loaded. I mean, you have Penn State, who's always good. Ohio State's on a different level. Minnesota's better now. Wisconsin's always good. Michigan's much better than they were, than they were when Mark D'Antonio had that run. 
this is a really tough conference. So I'm just going to say this. I think he can do a good job, but what is good? If you think that nine and three, 10 wins right away is the, is what it's going to be. You're fooling yourself. This is going to no, be a and program. I, and I don't think anybody's anticipating it to just be this, uh, you know, well, Nate's called it a home run. I don't think anyone's expecting a leadoff home run. Let's say, I think that it's a situation where the a reason why a lot of the excitement is being drawn up is because of the recruiting potential. Um, he was the number one recruiter for Kirby Smart at Georgia. He was the number one recruiter for Nick Saban at Alabama. Um, he, so he has that recruiting potential. In addition to that, you see Michigan State offering close to a million dollars for Kentucky's number one recruiter, who Kentucky is a program on the rise in the SEC, which I think top to bottom is the second best conference in college football. And then you look at uh, the contact with Arlen Barnett, who is also I I strongly very disagree with that statement as well. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I I think we can we could all maybe not agree, but let's just say I think the SEC is on a different level still. But I agree. No, you said some good stuff. Nate said some great stuff too. I mean, Nate really hit it on the head when it comes to the you know him being able to coach players and him really um, having good experience with defense and still coaching, you know, a great receiver that well. I mean, I think that says a lot about, but the last thing I'm going to say is let's just be honest here. Um, the PAC 12 is trash. I mean, the PAC 12 is not a great defensive conference. It's not even close to the level of the big 10 on that. end. I mean, you still have good teams, but it's just different. And, you know, you're going into hostile environments. I guess I would just say this. I understand how hard it's been for them to find a coach. It's been a lot of negative energy at Michigan state. But let's sit here and keep this, you know, keep this in mind. You know, he still hasn't proven anything yet. I mean, if you want to say things like you did, this is so similar to Michigan basketball, guys. I mean, Beeline just out of nowhere leaves. You get a guy like Juwan Howard, and what is everybody saying? Oh, the guy's never had head coaching experience. Juwan Howard was in the NBA, for God's sakes. He was an all-star in the NBA at one point. You think about recruiting, this guy's already proving it in recruiting. I guess if Michigan State people could say something, they could say, hey, maybe Mel Tucker can recruit that well right away. I mean, because that's what it's going to come down to. He has to recruit really, really well. But here's the other thing. He's recruiting against a lot of good people. So it's, it's time will tell. But considering what all happened, yeah, it's, it's a good hire, but still a C for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, obviously, like I said, I think this is really interesting that we were able to get three of us on with three different opinions of the hire. Um, Nate obviously likes it a little bit more than everybody else. But at the same time, look, I didn't – I. After the fickle thing, I think that this was the best option available. Um, I thought they should maybe have rolled out with Trestle. Um, the one thing that is really concerning for me in regards to this hire is the fact that you just need to look at his uh, resume. And as outstanding as it is, the defenses that he's led have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, he does have NFL experience. Uh He's not in one spot all that long. And so I'm a little concerned that he may be using this as a uh, – he saw this as a better, uh, let's just say, springboard to a more elite team, uh, let's say, if something were to happen in five years and Nick Saban were to retire. Um, I think I think that that's ultimately one of my biggest concerns. As far as the recruiting goes, when you bring in dogs like Harlan Barnett and 
if you can bring in a guy like Vince Morrow, I think that that is huge. Um, off the recruiting thing, though, um, one thing we don't know a lot about, and that's why Nate has joined us, schematically, what does he bring to Michigan State that may be a little bit similar to what uh, D'Antonio's uh, run and what does he do that's, you know, different than what Mark D'Antonio does and some like pros and cons as far as that goes. Well, he's, I'll say it. And, you know, Michigan state fans will hate this. He's, he's a better defensive coach than Mark D'Antonio is. Like he, he was in Jacksonville. He, he brought in Jalen Ramsey. He was in Chicago. He brought in Leonard Floyd from his own program from, he brought in Leonard, Leonard Floyd, who, he brought in from his own Georgia program. Like he, he sees talent. He loves fast, small linebackers. And that, and what you need today is fast, small linebackers that can cover your tight end, that can cover a back out of the backfield. And in, in the Big Ten, that's absolutely what you need. But more importantly, and, and let's face it, let, let me just cut you off really quick and then I'll let you continue uh, with your point. Michigan State linebackers, as good as guys, as good as those guys have been, like Bocce and Bull and Greg Jones over the years, they've not always been the fastest. And I think that, uh, you know, that's obviously something that is going to assist uh, Michigan State, especially when it comes to uh, the new speed and space uh, tempo of Michigan and uh, obviously what Ohio State's done since forever ago. Yeah. And, you know, he went. He went and he saw Leonard Floyd, and he, in my mind, he's a he's a pioneer of the slow, fast line or the, the small, fast linebackers because there was nobody doing that before Leonard Floyd. Like he was projected a fifth round pick, and then uh, Mel Tucker is in Chicago, and uh, Leonard Floyd is a second round pick, and he's fast. He can cover, and now all of a sudden you see it with Devin White, Devin Bush. You see the small linebackers they can cover i mean gronk changed the game like you need somebody that's big enough to be physical but fast enough to stay with the tight ends and mel tucker in my mind is a pioneer of that and uh he was fantastic at recruiting it he was fantastic at implementing it into his game and i think i think he'll be great at michigan state if he can take those guys away from michigan in Ohio State, which nobody's taking recruits away from Ohio State because they pay them a lot of money, but um, <laughs> but he, okay, he can take them from Michigan. <laughs> it's not far fetched, but let's oh, just, just say uh, it. I mean, that, there you go. Thank you. I have some backup today. <laughs> yeah, just say it. I mean, look, look. Let me. Can I just say one thing about what Nate said? Absolutely, got to have small linebackers. The problem is, of course, can he? Like Nate said, can you out-recruit some of these other schools? And I think that's going to be the big thing. But again, I think that it goes back to my point I illustrated a minute ago. You know, this is going to take time because I don't care who you bring in. You can bring in the guy from Kentucky. You can bring Harlan Barnett. All right. And it appears we are back, apparently. Jeremy was having some technical difficulties, so he won't be joining us for the second half of the show. But, uh, yeah, he, he brought up some good points. Look, even though you are going out and getting a guy like Vince Morrow, even though you are uh, potentially well, potentially getting Vince Morrow, um, I feel like a million dollars as opposed to 625 is, you know, 
enough of a reason to leave the bluegrass state. Uh, I mean, though you are getting a guy potentially in Harlan Barnett, these guys are, are in obviously Mel Tucker himself. These guys are closers are on the recruiting trail. And I'm not saying, you know, they're just going to go out and get five stars. It is going to take some time. Michigan state is really young. They have the roster they have right now. Uh, you may potentially get one more transfer or two in the, uh, portal but ultimately this is what they're going to end up rolling with and look they are young offensively they're young defensively and it will take some time especially when so much emphasis is based on recruiting which it appears to be uh, the number one emphasis for Mel Tucker Um, ultimately look I, I love what Michigan State is doing because they are finally 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 opening up the checkbooks when you look at uh the assistant pool, which uh, the board of trustees is allowing Mel Tucker to have, he's he's giving him he's giving Tucker a lot more. They're giving Tucker rather a lot more than uh, what they were willing to give Mark D'Antonio, uh, almost double the amount. And I think that's why a guy like Vince Morrow is going to be absolutely critical. Um, offensively and defensively, though, uh, even though. Uh, the coordinators have yet to be decided. And obviously, like I said, Barnett's name has been thrown in there. Um, Archie Collins' name has also been thrown around a little bit. Uh, what what does uh, what does Tucker like to do for, uh, you know, those of us who have an early bedtime and uh, miss some of the Pac-12 action, Nate? Well, he's um... – it'll, it'll be interesting to see what he does as far as an offensive coordinator goes because – he doesn't. He doesn't need a defense coordinator like that. Dude is elite at calling plays defensively. The years that Jacksonville was the best defensive team in the NFL was Mel Tucker. Like yeah. so, when I'm, I'm interested to see what he does as far as offensive coordinators go. Um, the I, I don't question his defensive play calling or defensive schemes at all. Uh, I think he's a, as much as Spartan fans will hate this and Michigan, Michigan fan as myself, I, I hate this, but he's an elite defensive play caller. Like he, last year he was in five and seven looks ugly, but the losses were, I mean, they're, they're Oregon, they're Utah, they're, I mean, he beat Arizona State. He beat he beat top <laughs> which, by the way, which, by the way, was something Mark D'Antonio could not do over the last two seasons. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And he's – I mean, he lost – I mean, he lost to Washington State, which Mike Leach's offense is a different level. Um, right. But the – he beat – he got blown out by Oregon and he got blown out by Utah. And that's it. Those are, those are elite teams. I mean – Hell, we were talking about Utah in the in the playoff for up until the very end. So he beat yeah, in State. Oregon. He you're beat. talking about a potential, you know, top ten uh, NFL pick. I think that number's kind of dropped a little bit at quarterback, but uh, I think that number's kind of dropped. But look, he's still a great quarterback. What I noticed is that he he wasn't ready for offenses that did things he wasn't expecting i mean washington state does things you don't expect they throw the ball i mean the, the hell their quarterback threw the ball 70 times in one game in right. chip kelly they lost to ucla 
they throw the ball a ton. They do a lot of different things. Um, he beat Arizona State. He tore Herm Edwards apart schematically. And I, I, I think it works in, in the Big Ten. And I think that he adds to what I believe. I don't think it's the best conference in, in college football, but I think it's the best coach conference. I mean, you got Ryan Day, who's proved that he's he belongs. I mean, you got Harbaugh, you got Franklin. I mean, it's it's the best. Fleck. It's yeah, PJ Fleck. Which in this this hire, I mean, if they if they keep D'Antonio, if D'Antonio stays, I mean, they probably finish behind Minnesota, and they might this year anyway. But long term, I think I think he's as good as Fleck, and what Fleck does offensively, I think Mel Tucker can do defensively. And that's obviously uh, saying a lot. I mean, you, you've talked about it. We've talked about it, his history. Um, but there, obviously, you know, the reason this podcast exists is in part due to the rivalry, the rivalry that is Michigan-Michigan State. Um, does he take something like this seriously? Is he going to be the type of guy who can sit there, look across the sideline and just – I'm not going to say you're going to give him that Mark D'Antonio stare down, but is he the type of guy who can take a rivalry like this seriously? Because look, let's face it. You have to, if you want to succeed at either Michigan or Michigan state, you look at uh, the, I think the two biggest failures for both schools over the last few years, uh, you look at John L. Smith at Michigan State, <laughs> and you look at Rich Rodriguez at Michigan. We don't, we don't talk about Adidas, Michigan. Don't do that. <laughs> but but you look at those two guys. Those those two guys were the two that looked at this rivalry as just another game, and they were the two biggest failures at this at uh, each university. Um, since the 2000, since uh, 2000. So is this something that, you know, he's going to address? Is this something that he's going to take seriously? Yeah. And, you know, my biggest question I asked you, I, I said, does, is this, I mean, he has to have ties to Michigan State because Colorado, I mean, as bad as the Pac-12 has been, Colorado has a better chance of winning the Pac-12 tomorrow as Michigan State does the Big Ten. And oh, the, answer is, the answer is yes. He does take it seriously because he was Nick Saban's guy. He's, I mean, he's got ties to Ohio State. He's got ties to Michigan State. He's got ties to the Midwest. Like, yeah, I, I think he takes it seriously because if not, I don't think Michigan State goes with him because they they know how important beating Michigan is. And I don't, I, I don't think it's going to happen in the next year or two or three maybe, but long-term, they'll sneak one in. They'll they'll beat a Wisconsin. They'll beat a Minnesota. They'll beat uh, somebody that they shouldn't, and they'll, they'll be right there at the end of the season where you're like, oh, no, here's Michigan State, just like they were when they, won, when they went to the playoff, and you're like, oh, is Connor Cook going to do it? Well, no, he's not, but he's in the hunt. And I think Mel Tucker can bring you that because – I think he has ties. He understands, and he'll convey to his players that they understand what Michigan is, what Penn State is, what Wisconsin is. And well, I think I think if he can get if he can do what he did 
I mean, with his own guys at, I mean, he didn't have his own guys at Colorado and finished with the same record as the dude before him that had been there for five years. And yeah. he had LaVisca Chanel, who he didn't know what the dude can do. He just saw him in practice and was like, oh, yeah, this dude can play. He's like, no, I'm going to make him a first-round pick. He was a first-round pick anyway. So if if he can get that out of his players like he did with Chanel and with Montez and – these guys from Colorado, then Michigan State could be scary. Not this year, but maybe in a couple of years. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. It's ultimately, uh, you know, we all know how great of a recruiter he is, uh, but that player development aspect's obviously going to be huge. Um, you talked about his time at Ohio State. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I guess I didn't really think about this um, until now. When he, he was at Ohio State. The guy who brought him on board was Mark D'Antonio. Um, and obviously when uh, Mark D'Antonio was at Michigan State under Nick Saban, uh, he was there as well. And so they've had that connection pretty much since he was a GA uh, working with the defensive backs under uh, Harlan Barnett. And you know, so there is that deep-rooted tie and Mark D'Antonio, obviously, though he is retired as a football coach, he is still with the university. How big of a role do you think that played in uh, Tucker coming to East Lansing? Yeah, I think I think the fact that uh, – I don't think D'Antonio leaves unless it's somebody that has ties to the university. I obviously am not as high on Mark D'Antonio as – you or most Spartan fans are. I mean, I wish he would have right. stayed with me five years because as as good as he was at player development, well, and so when you don't well, no matter what you get out of those players, they are what they are. And uh, I think that what he can bring, what he can get out of players is as good as what Mark D'Antonio can do or did. And I think that he can get you better. And these guys know that he, I mean, linebackers coming up, corners coming up, safeties coming up, know that he can bring you, that, that he attracts small, fast NFL ready talent. And I think that's huge because a lot of the guys that are thinking, oh, I don't know if it's going to be Michigan or Michigan State, you know, the in-state recruits. I think Harbaugh still got the edge because of he's he's Jim Harbaugh. But the the fact that Mel Tucker can give you that game plan that that gets you to the next level in the long term can can be a real problem as far as recruiting goes. Yeah, and uh, one guy I want to bring up. Uh... I think that uh, he's going to be perfect for the system. The more you talk about it, uh, and like I've said all day long, you know, the more I hear about it, the more I read about what he's trying to do already, how he's trying to swing for the fences, how the board's finally opened up the paycheck. I mean, let's face it, the guy's already making more money at Michigan State than Antonio yeah. did throughout the course of a year. Um, look, I'm I'm excited to see. Guys, especially like uh, Antoine Simmons and Jeslord Boateng in this new defense. I think that, I mean, Boateng, obviously a younger player, and so there's not a lot of film on him, but 
he is fast. He's got all the athletic gifts in the world, and I think that uh, that's really exciting. And Antoine Simmons just on the verge of a breakout season last year and really stepped up when Bocce went down. I think that those two guys uh, could be running the show defensively in Michigan State under this defense. Um, the way you've talked it up and the way you've explained it, uh, you know, I think it's a sign of good things to come for those two. Obviously, Simmons probably won't be on the receiving end of a lot of wins his senior year coming up, but um, Tucker can maybe get that little bit extra out of him and, you know, turn a guy who you know, a lot of Michigan State people saw as a career backup for the most part, a career backup Mike Backer uh, in, into an NFL-type pick, and I think that's something that, uh, you know, we're going to see a little bit more of. I don't know if the development necessarily is going to be there, because um, you saw what Mark D'Antonio did with a guy like Connor Cook, who is now a backup in the XFL. But he, I yeah, feel like he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can play. He's he, not a nice he, dude. He, okay, and I, and, I can, and I may I may be able to see that a little bit too. But look, uh, what he was able to get out of Cook a little bit. Uh, I think that showed a lot of uh, the development aspects, but now you're looking at a guy who can develop these players. And in addition to that recruit, um, which ultimately I think was the downfall of D'Antonio was trying to get these players. And uh, as long as they're the high character type guys too, um, then I don't think there's going to be that much of an issue, but obviously there's still a lot to learn. Uh, We haven't seen these coaches game yet in the green and white uh we've only seen him as a head coach for um let's see uh, i'm trying to do the math in my head really quick 17 games uh five in the nfl 12 in college so we'll, we'll see how he handles the pressure uh we'll see how he handles the pressure of being stuck behind a michigan penn state in ohio state coming up yeah. but uh that does it for the trouble with the snap podcast for part of jeremy file all of nathan moss i am tyler hayward Again, the press conference, the announcement of Mel Tucker to East Lansing tonight on the Big Ten Network at 630. Uh, me and Fyle will be on later this week to recap Michigan State's, uh, I'll call it an ugly win over Illinois, but it was on the road against the top 25 team. And then obviously hey. uh, we'll talk about all of this weekend's action. Yeah, one more thing. Should the, should the all-time assist leader at Michigan State history get an assist for that finish last night? I think he should. The more I watch it, the more he saw where Tillman was. Yeah, like that was that, – I, I tuned in for a minute of basketball. That was – from uh, giving him the nickname that uh, Gus Johnson's given Cassius over the last couple weeks, that was an all-time dime from the all-time dime. Yeah, that was <laughs> – like if, if that was not a pass, that was the worst layup I've ever seen in my life. That reminds me of that uh, one highlight film uh, when Isaiah Thomas was working on TV and they were talking about an all-star game and he laid it up off the backboard from Michael Jordan and you hear Ernie Johnson, I believe it was Ernie Johnson, said, well, you missed the layup there when he clearly threw it off the backboard and he goes, no, that was a pass, man. That was a pass. (laughs) Well, like, that's what I'd be claiming about Cassius Winston. Why not add to that record? Yeah, and, but, and you know you could you could have me on for some college basketball because that shit is crazy this year. <laughs> like, I I I might put money on Seton Hall because 
I have no idea. And yeah, nobody it, has any idea. Yeah, like, and uh, I mean, I'm the worst team in the ACC. What? <laughs> yeah, it, it's been an up and down year, and uh, obviously, we'll be talking about that as the season progresses. A uh, big game against Maryland for Michigan State coming up. Uh, Michigan's schedule gets a little lighter. You know, can they start making that push and solidify themselves in the tournament? Uh, me and yeah. Fowler have been talking about that for a while. But yeah. for the Sparty to win win the tournament because their odds are like fifty to one and they got seventy four seniors or something stupid. You know, <laughs> adding adding actually they've only got uh two seniors in the rotation, uh one that's a starter. Yeah. But yeah. you know add, adding Nate to this, you know, this might help uh, our demographic expand. You know, we can add the degenerate gamblers to our t- demographic, but oh, man. we do I, need I, to I get. Can, I can speak to them. Yeah, that's right, and uh, we'll let you preach a little bit later. We do have to and go I'm, right now. For I'm Nathan Moss, I am Tyler Hayward. This is the Trouble with the Snap podcast. <laughs> later. <laughs>